Welcome to Behind the Paranormal with Paul and Ben Eno. If alien abductions are real, how do they actually work? How far back in human history do abduction stories go? What would be the purpose of alien abductions? Hello and welcome to the 882nd edition of Behind the Paranormal with Paul and Ben Eno. And I am Ben, and we are coming to you live from WOON, AM, and FM radio here in Woonsocket, Rhode Island, uh, in the Paranormal Radio app from TalkStream Live and on TuneIn.com. I'm Ben, and those captivating questions came from my co-host, partner in Paranormal Adventures, and dad, Paul. Okay, I'm just going to correct the number of the show because uh, my good son is is in uh, uh, producer hell right now. Trying yeah, it's to get great. Love live radio. Uh, huh? This is the 892nd edition of Behind the Paranormal with Paul and Benino. But thank you, Ben. Anyway, James Bauck is the former state director for the Mutual UFO Network, or MUFON, in New York State and has conducted hundreds of UFO alien abduction investigations. He is a former police officer and co-author of the 2011 book, UFOs Above the Law. He's been on the show before about that amazing subject. Uh, that's about UFOs experienced by police and other government officials. Robert Long, our other guest today, uh, and also... Uh, Jim's co-author on a new book, uh, is an independent researcher for the Intruders Foundation, uh, founded by Bud Hopkins, uh, who was a friend of ours, uh, untimely death in 2011. Uh, Robert then became MUFON's assistant state director for the state of New York. Jim and Bob are co-authors of the book, published last June, Alien Abduction, The Control Factor. So Jim Bauk and Bob Long, welcome to Behind the Paranormal. Thank you. Thank you. Okay, that's you. Can we get you on the audio there, Bob? I can hear you. Okay, all right. That's uh... although it does sound like we have a little bit of feedback. Uh, so if you have the have the phone readily available, uh, could you take it off speaker or put it out put it up to your ear? I got it on earbuds. Hmm. So we have feedback coming from somewhere. Okay. Well, you're the sound expert. Well, why don't I? Uh, we'll, we'll we'll start with Jim here as you work with Bob. Uh, Jim, is alien abduction real, and who's actually doing it? Uh, that's a good question. Uh, as for real, uh, it depends on who you ask and what you know. The government will say no, although lately they seem to be changing, but I don't trust that too much. Neither do I. Uh, <laughs> as to who they are, uh, we don't know yet, or... Where they're coming, we've got ideas, uh, mostly from talking to people who have been visited by the aliens. And most of them uh, have a different variety of information, locations, where they think they've come from. Uh, they've been given in some information, which may or may not be true. In a lot of cases, it hadn't been. But... You know, it's still an ongoing investigation, and we're still trying to figure it out. Okay. Uh, Bob, uh, if we have you here, uh, do you have um, any thoughts on that question, those questions? Are they are they real? Well, there's millions of people that think they are. Yeah. And uh, I'm inclined to uh, do the same. Let me uh, get all kinds of feedback here. Okay. I know what I know what the problem is. Much better. Much better. 
Oh, much better. Much better. Okay. Okay. Thank you so no, much. The, I was uh, I was racking my brain trying to figure it out, and I drew out a diagram, and I couldn't figure it out. <laughs> <laughs> all, all, right. this, uh, all this technology, and we can't talk. Yeah, <laughs> right. life in the twenty first century, huh? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, no. it's something that's been been going on for decades, and uh, you know the, the sheer number of people that are involved with this type of experience certainly points to the fact that something is indeed happening. It's it's not just some kind of a psychological event. Uh, you know, we're we're talking millions of people worldwide that have had uh, an extremely similar experience. So you know. If uh, if you take the the whole abduction thing uh, out of context, you replace it with uh, somebody else having uh, some any, any type of an experience. When you have two or three people that have an experience, you get well, you know, could be could be an aberration. If you have a million people have the same experience, regardless of what that experience is, it leads credence to the experience is real. Okay. So yeah, yeah. You get into all sorts of fascinating stuff in this book, and uh, just as as a bit of an aside, uh, I, I was looking for the book on Kindle and couldn't find it, and then it dawned on me no. we, we have the same publisher, and who has is it dear old Schiffer? They're great to work with, we think, but they just, they don't put the book on Kindle for at least a year after publication. My last book has been out for a year and a half, and it's still not on Kindle. So I really. didn't even know they had Kindle. <laughs> yeah. Well, they, they they will put it on sooner or later, but uh, I guess they're just trying to sell out the run or whatever they're doing. But uh, anyway, um, uh, that's the publisher is Schiffer. And, and the name of the book, of course, uh, Alien Abductions, The Control Factor. The, the control factor, is, of course, is a lot of people report these experiences and they can't do anything about it. They, they can't fight back. They can't, you know, they, they say they're taken through solid walls. Tell, tell us about this control factor and what, what you mean by that. Well, first of all, uh, you, you are taken, you, like you said, you have no control. And the thing that bugged me and bugged Bob for a long time is, you know, how is it that they're able to control you? Why is it that when they come and you can see them, but you can't stop them? The, they'll take you out of their, your car, they'll take you out of your bed, they'll take you out of your living room. You know, and in most cases, you don't even know it happened until you, years later, maybe you get some kind of a flashback or some kind of inclination that something strange happened. So, I mean, we try to figure, you know, why is it that we don't resist? And some people have been trying to learn how to resist, and there have been some attempts, and some people have been successful. Mm-hmm. So we basically try to figure out, you know, what is it that they are doing to us to make us submit to whatever they want. Okay. Uh, thoughts on that, Bob? Well, we're dealing with technologies that are way beyond what we can grasp. I mean, you know, you take, uh, you take for example... Just recently, they flew the uh, the uh, helicopter on Mars, mm. and uh, you know they've been comparing that to the Wright brothers. So technology for us has uh, has moved a, a great distance in a matter of uh, you know 120 years. 
Now, if you're dealing with a species that is technologically 100,000 years ahead of us, their technology will seem almost like magic. It, it'll be, uh, it, it would, it would stand to be something that is just un, un, understandable, our current level of technology. Well, <clears throat> what we've done is we've tried to apply what we do know with, uh, with growing technologies right now and in fact our own biology that they, they tend to use against us during these, uh, these abductions for use of control and, and trying to understand that it's, it's not magic, it's not, uh, not understandable, but it's something that we can start applying various ideas towards to figure out how to combat. Well, th- that raises the question of um, something that comes up in, in the sometimes very sorry history of our own species, that uh, why would they treat us like equals? We don't even treat each other like equals, one civilization to another in, in the history of our own species. Uh, why would these aliens, particularly if they're 100,000 years ahead or something like that, um, th- th- that's one question. Another question is, what do you mean by ahead? In the sense of a longer history, or you know, I, I would much. We often use the term "advanced" uh, to mean advanced technology, but uh, as I'm always saying, you know, who had the most advanced technology in the 1930s? You know, Nazi Germany. You know how that worked out. So I'd, I, I would rather have a civilization that's way ahead, morally and spiritually, or, so, or, or you know, in the sense of law and just, you know, all that that sort of stuff. Rather than somebody with a lot of gadgets, I mean, what, what say you on that whole thing? Would they treat us as equals, and how would that work? Do you think? I know that's all speculation. Uh, start with Bob. I don't think they they don't treat us as equals uh, at all. Um, they're, I mean, we're we've been forty years trying to figure out exactly what they're up to, and other than abducting people, taking genetic material, creating hybrids. You know, we don't really know the big picture as to what they're doing. Um, you know, people often report that they that they seem uncaring, that they are very methodical. They're they're just down for doing the task and accomplishing whatever they're trying to accomplish. There isn't any small talk. There doesn't seem to be any caring about. Uh, the upset of the individual who is being abducted. Now, they usually uh, have a handler that is there that they're familiar with, that they've seen numerous times, that uh, will calm them down. But uh, all in all, they don't appear to be emotional or caring about us at all. In fact, I think that's one of the things that uh, that either amazes them or scares the bejeepers out of them is the fact that we are so emotional that I don't think they understand necessarily uh, where we're coming from with our emotions. We, uh, especially anger and like that. Yeah, that sometimes scares me too. Uh, Jim? Well, uh, first of all, they don't ask. They just do it. They take you. Uh, If they'd ask, some people might go and out of curiosity most people don't most people don't want to do it again when they know it's going to happen uh if you were to have been kidnapped by 
some stranger or somebody else for whatever reason taken, and then you were rescued. Police, the police would look into it, and it would be a criminal offense. However, now with with this situation, you get taken, you're given an examination, and who knows what you know the different things that they're going to do to you. Uh, maybe implants or uh, uh, to help create a biological uh, copy or a hybrid of some form, and then you get released. Nobody cares. The police don't care, uh, and your neighbors won't care. Your your spouse probably wouldn't care. Most people think you're nuts, <laughs> and and they're not going to help you. So they they have this going for their on their favor. The fact that you know there's not much resistance, and they don't really have to to fear too much because, well, first of all, how are they going to get caught? Mm. You know, they're not going to. Uh, get arrested, we haven't figured out how to catch them yet. Well, just uh, if I may interrupt for just a second, uh, you make me think of of, uh, of Mad Magazine's treatment of that final scene from uh, uh, Close Encounters of the Third Kind, uh, I believe it was Mad Magazine, because they they, they would spoof movies. And behind uh, J. Allen Hynek and all the nifty scientists who were meeting the aliens, all of a sudden the FBI shows up. And arrests the and cuffs the aliens for kidnapping, FAA violations, and you name it. <laughs> so uh, anyway, not, not to introduce levity here, but go, go ahead. I just you, you put me in yeah. mind of that, Joe. Yeah. So I mean, first of all, I mean, like I, like I was saying, yeah, there's there's not much that is being done. There are groups like uh, organizations are looking into it, studying it, investigating, but they don't have any authority to do anything. Just report it and document it. That's it. So what the investigators need to do is to be able to figure out some way we can get some form of authority. Now, maybe with the new release of information coming from the Department of Defense, or the Pentagon, uh, the military, we seem to get these little leaks of information that they are supporting some of the things that are being said. Hey, you're breaking up a little bit there. Don't know what more we can... Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, no, that, that's better now. Comes and goes. Uh, just came again. All right. Okay. Okay. Well, why don't we go? Ben's got a question. Why don't we go to that? Sure. Well, it's it's interesting. I you know we've we've had a lot of a lot of people. We've had a lot of people on the show. We've had a lot of shows, and we <laughs> a couple of the notable guests that we that we've had. Um, Kathleen Martin springs to mind first out of out of, out of everybody. Um, yeah, you know, with with the sort of the interviewing of, of abductees and experiencers. And um, one of the questions I, I, I had for her, I recall, the last time we had her on was, um, you know, it, it's it, the, the sort of the aftermath of the abduction experience, you know, 
is it is it you know wholly positive or wholly negative? And she said, no. Usually, it's it's usually a pretty positive change, and and it's it's interesting because you know you you hear different different types of 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 species that that have interacted with us. Typically, you have your your greys, and that's kind of the common denominator. But you have all sorts of people walking out of these experiences saying different things, like oh the uh, you know they they the extraterrestrials and ETs you know they just they just want to help the environment for whatever reason. Some want to prevent nuclear war among humans. Some could care less about us. Is is there sort of my my question is 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 mostly we'll never know the motives, right? We'll never never know. You know, because they're completely alien from us. The whole denotion de- of saying they're alien is we will not understand the other at all, because we're just so different. the The question is is mostly, would this be pro alien propaganda? Because you know, there's that whole control thing. Is it Stockholm syndrome? Is it is it is it something? It's something obviously beyond our understanding. But from what we know, from what evidence we do have, which isn't really much. Is 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 there some way that this can be refuted? Is there something that can be changed about it? What does the overall aftermath of the abduction experience mean? Start with Bob. Okay. Well, uh, that's a very good question. Everybody is an individual. Everybody has their own perspective on uh, you know what happens to them in life, and some people uh, can experience the same exact. Thing and have a different outlook on it depending on their their nature. Um, you know, we also have different factions out there. There there are the greys, the, the small greys, the large greys, the insectoids, the reptiles, <laughs> the Nordics, and, and you know who knows what else. So these are are definitely not all the same species. So they're they probably have different ideas of uh, what our interaction with them or what they're getting out of the interactions. Uh, I've, I've seen a few people that, that uh, you know, thought it was positive. Uh, the vast majority of the people that I, I personally have worked with uh, did not like the experience. It, it horrified them in many instances, and they wish it never happened. Um, I know years and years ago, me and another fellow uh, investigator, um, Dave Bodner, who's long past, but we were investigating an abduction case of a woman who is uh, who is also long past. Uh, but she 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 checked herself into a psych ward, and you know, uh, after after the fact, we we talked to her finally uh, again, and like you know, why why did you do that? She goes, it's, it's very simple. I'd rather think I was crazy than it was actually happening. Hmm. Interesting. That that, that yeah. just brings in, not that I, I want to talk through what should be your interview, but uh, it reminds me of uh, in nineteen early 1970s, where I was working with a priest uh, at a state hospital in upstate New York. Uh, seven of, there were seven uh, of the people who were, ended up being exorcised, if you will, because they had weird phenomena going on outside them in the, in the room, but, you know, very, very hush-hush claimed that they had seen little gray people by their bed and, and things that sounded, you know, if I heard them today, it would sound like an abduction. And the priest said, well, just, you know, don't pay any attention to that. You know, they're inmates in a state hospital. So, 
you know, which I think was a, was a, we should have paid attention to that. So it, it's very interesting, yeah. the labels yeah. we put on things that may be something else. Uh, you know, I don't yeah. know. And, you know, the whole, the whole uh, demon thing could be alien. When I've run into parasites and poltergeists, they strike me as alien. Completely other. Now, what that means, I, I've never quite figured out, but just maybe just to add to your point that you've just said. Uh, so, Jim, what thoughts do you have on, on the, the question that Ben asked? Uh, well, one thing is uh, the Stockholm theory, I believe, is a very effective uh, actual thing that most people that have been constantly over and over been abducted or if they're allowed to ask a question and they're given an answer, the answer they're usually given is something that would make them relax a little more, be either off guard or make them think that, well, maybe they're here to help us and they're, they're not that bad. But in my opinion, is if you get taken without your permission, that's, that's not a good thing. Even if it might be a good thing in the in the end, we don't know yet because we haven't been able to get that far into the into the future or the investigative part of it. Uh, and and part of what you were talking about with with ghosts and stuff, I had this uh, little black kid that. I was interviewing his parents who have had numerous UFO experiences and the kid said that he would wake up in the middle of the night and see this little black ghost coming out of his closet and walk toward his bed. And, you know, if you think about it, uh, it's at night, it's dark, a great being coming out of a closet or just appearing there, seeming to come out of a closet. To a kid, it's going to seem like a ghost because he doesn't know anything about UFOs or aliens yet. So I think a lot of times people see this image or something that they might think is a ghost, poltergeist or something, and it it may be. I'm, I'm not... I don't know that much about ghosts and poltergeists, but it's always the possibility that it is either some kind of a image of a being or something that is there that's not normal, that is being uh, misidentified. Yeah. In your book, you refer to the art of abduction. I've never heard that term before, but... Uh it, could you just go into that a little bit? Oh, oh, and before you do that, just for everybody out there in uh, Radio Land, uh, the the Stockholm syndrome uh, is a term that comes out of the world of terrorism, where people who are often kidnapped or or held hostage will sometimes uh, begin to sympathize with their captors mm. and even join them, uh, and that that's actually been known to happen. Not a lot, but it does sometimes. So that, there's that's some really that interesting studies that have been done on it too. Yeah, it's it's, it's Horrifying, but fascinating. Well, you see how it might fit into this scenario. Right, know? exactly. Sure. I mean, you're taken against your will, and so it's like, you know, yeah. kind of a survival mechanism at that point. But we are coming up on our half-hour break. Right, let's take our mid-show break. 
You're listening to Behind the Paranormal with Paul and Ben Eno on WOON 1240 AM and 99.5 FM in New England's uh, beautiful but rainy Blackstone River Valley today with our great guests, Jim Bauck and Bob Long. We'll be right back with the subject of alien abductions and what's going on. Stick with us. The night is alive. Join us and take a walk on the weird side when you tune in to The Kingdom of Nye, hosted by Heather Wade, the finest in late-night talk. Listen live free weeknights starting at 9 p.m. Pacific Time at thekingdomofnye.com, talkstreamlive.com, and the Paranormal Radio app. Want to take a ride? Local and live at 99.5 FM. And we're back with uh, Behind the Paranormal on WON Radio AM and FM with our great guests Jim Bauck and Bob Long. And let's continue our discussion about the control factor in alien abductions. Actually, I believe we're moving into the art of the abduction. We are moving into the art of the abduction. And what exactly do you mean by that, fellas? Uh, It's an intriguing term. And uh, it seems as though it requires some skill on the part of whatever's doing the abducting. Mm, it is uh, an art. Start with Jim. Well, sort of uh, like when I was discussing earlier, the uh, the kidnapping. The, the uh, yeah. you're, you're taken without consent. And if in any other case, there'd be a, a wide investigation or a search for the person that's missing, especially if the person was seen to be abducted. Uh, in this case, even if they're seen, there's not much that they can do about it. So it's, it's just taken. They make you seem like you want to go or you have no choice. You don't even remember it. You may not realize that you are being taken. You could be out in your car driving around and you end up in this area you'd never been to before. And you you see this UFO flying across the sky. And you look at it and say, oh, that's interesting. Next thing you know, you may either be home or back in your car and you see that UFO again and it's going away. You have no idea what happened and uh, you you don't know how they did it or even that it was done you you just you know you're you're dumbfounded and uh, so that it's basically how how they're taking us but what they're using to control us is the thing that we're not sure of whether it's uh, hypnosis or uh, an implant you've been abducted before they can track you down like I mean tracking is done anywhere everywhere now by our government mostly by other forces I mean you just carry your cell phone around and they know where you are You, you it's hard to hide that way so I you know like I said it's it's basically just the uh the means of taking you. 
Well, it seems a rather creepy version of Santa Claus. You know, he knows when you're <laughs> asleep, he knows when you're awake. I always found that very, very uh Actually, it's probably bizarre. more like Krampus than anything else. Yeah, probably. No, anyway, to move on uh, a bit here, you have a, you have a chapter in the book that's very interesting, ta- Tall Tales Throughout History. And uh, can you tell us the history of abductions, if you can, there? I want to start with Bob. Well, this is something that uh, has been going on uh, that, that we know of since, like, the mid-50s. And rather, you're talking about, uh, for example, Betty and Barney Hill, which certainly got the press. Yeah, 60th anniversary uh, this year. Yeah. And, uh, you know, it it, uh, it really kind of broke wide open with, uh, with Whitley Strieber when he published his book, Communion. Mm. And the, the the big factor there was the the uh, picture of the alien with the large black almond shaped eyes on the cover, and it had a profound effect on many many people. And it was uh, it was the trigger that kind of opened it all up. A lot of people suddenly were like, "Wow, that that cover really bothers me," and I have absolutely no idea why. Which again get comes into the control that we talk about. Um. They have learned a lot about our physiology in the, the decades that they have been taking humans. And they have learned uh, about our brain physiology and used some of that against us. For example, people uh, people are controlled, as Jim was saying, to rather it's almost like a, a post-hypnotic suggestion that they should drive to a certain area where they're out of the way, some secluded area where the craft will come down and they will be abducted. They don't know necessarily know this ahead of time, but they're 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 made to do that type of thing. Uh, and you know, if if they have found a way to implant these thoughts into our head and, and just like a post hypnotic suggestion, make us do stuff. Um, you know, that's certainly a form of control. And people who are abducted always talk about being paralyzed. Okay, uh, they can't do a thing. They they become aware that uh, something is wrong, and uh, you know they see a, a blue light outside their window. Three little gray aliens come walking in, and they're totally paralyzed. They're frantic. Uh, the only thing that they can move is their eyes. Um, we have a, a mechanism in our brain that causes us to be paralyzed during our REM sleep. When we, when we dream, the reason that we become paralyzed is so that we don't act out uh, our physical dreams and go running around our room, smashing things and running into the wall and, and becoming harmed. You know, mm-hmm. uh, I, my belief is that they have learned to control this mechanism in our brain to cause paralysis to aid in the abduction. People can't, if they can't fight back or run away, uh, but they can still move their eyes, just like you do in REM sleep. So I, I believe it's the same mechanism that they have learned to control, uh, aiding in the uh, art of abduction, if you will. And it, it is an art because they've done it for so long and they've gotten very, very good at it. Um, they, they do know where you are if you are an abductee. I, I'll give you one uh, interesting uh, story of uh, one of the people I was working with. She uh, was on a business trip in England, and uh, I got a call. Um, 
in uh, a, fr a frantic call in the middle of the night saying that uh, she just had an experience in her hotel room, and it was a case of she wasn't abducted. It was like they were showing up just to make sure that she was actually there because she was out of place. She wasn't hmm. where she normally lives in the United States. She was on another continent, and she got this very distinct feeling from them that they were just checking on, you, on her, and they, they were very surprised that she was there you know I'm, I'm kind of picturing a you know a gray alien tapping on a screen going no that can't be right she, <laughs> she's over here not over there and and checking on it but you you see the same thing in some of the hotels and, and i'll elaborate on that when we have like a mufon symposium you know they usually fill up the the, the local hotel with all kinds of people interested in ufology as well as abductees. And some of those abductees experience contact or even abductions while they're at that hotel because they are, as I like to call it, out of place. They're not where they're normally supposed to be. And they are checked on. Now, uh, an interesting phenomenon that tends to go along with this is uh, I've, I've noticed that a couple of the people who claimed abductions uh, during these hotel stays, that their the clock in their room was blinking like it had been unplugged. And uh, I thought, well, is this, uh, is this a common thing, or is this something that happens, uh, you know, uh, during the abduction, some kind of a field? Anyway, I asked the maid, I said, uh, you know, did, did uh, you know, we have a power failure last night? No, no. I said, well, the clock in this room over here is blinking. She goes, oh, yeah, that happens all the time. <laughs> hmm. <laughs> so, yeah, ponder, ponder that for a while. So every, everybody who's, uh, who's an abductee and when they're out of place, do they get a, do they get a potential visit uh, just to see if it's uh, actually them and there? Hmm. And another thing I, I wanted to touch on, too, uh, it depends on if people remember the abduction or not. There are many, many people that have had many abductions, and they don't remember a single one of them because their memory has been wiped. And, and you know, we say that um, kind of off the cuff, but, you know, they're, they're actually talking about making drugs nowadays that can wipe memories out of your head. So if, if we're getting to that stage where we can do it, I'm sure the aliens can do it as well. It's probably just a biochemical response that they have learned to deal with in our brain and and make us not remember. You know, take 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 it so it doesn't even go into short term memory, and that could be a factor with whether people look at it as a good experience, a bad experience. Um, if you do not remember ever being abducted. Okay, and it's a new horrifying experience every single time it happens. You you get you get a traumatic response every single time because you're made to forget it, and so you know it's it's brand new every single time. Whereas if somebody remembers, you know they can go, oh, you know, it happened, it happened again, or it's happening again, and I lived through it the last time. It was scary, but but, you know, I'm, I'm okay. Now, if you've got somebody that remembers being taken 15 times, by then they're like, oh, all right, I'm here, whatever. <laughs> yeah. 
you know, and, and, and I don't mean to to uh, to put a humorous spin onto it, but uh, although I often do, um, you know, it it depends on if they remember or not, and that can factor into the level of control that they have on you, and that can that can be because of your uh, genetic structure. We, we learned a long time ago that anyone who was an, an abductee had a particular uh, a particular special senses, and I, and I really hate calling it uh, ESP or, or clairvoyance or any of that stuff because it, it's hard to ball it under one name, but you know, basically it's a genetic trait that runs in families. Abductions run in families. The reason they run in families is people have this, the right gene where they are gifted, and the fact that they're gifted allows the aliens supposedly better access to their to their mind to their control because they do have special sensitivities now that's not to say that if you have uh, some psychic ability that you're an abductee that's not the way it works but every abductee does have some psychic ability okay uh, thoughts on that uh, Jim you know, in the book we uh, we mentioned a small part about ventral, or not ventral, of course, but hypnotists. How you go to stage hypnotists and they call you up on stage and he gives you this uh, command, you know, like when you hear the, a certain word, you're going to start barking as a dog or you're going to start jumping up and down or you'll sing. And in a lot of cases, a abductee is almost given the same type of instruction because when the hypnotist does it, he can also tell you when this is over with, you won't remember any of it or maybe you will remember it depending upon what his instructions are. When you're being abducted, the, the same situation can occur to you where you were given this command either uh, at a previous time or somehow injected into your brain at that time that when you uh, subconsciously hear a, a noise or something or a thought put into your head, you will do what you were told to do and you might remember it or you might not remember it. In some cases, when the person is abducted, they might be able to, if they're able to think about it and have a strong enough will, try to make sure they're going to remember it in one way or another. Okay. Uh, ben, did you want to jump in here? Um, I'm, I'm structuring a question still in, okay. my, in, my, in my mind. Um, but I, I do think it's... I, I might I might skip ahead at some point, but I, okay. I do I do think that this is a really interesting topic because it's it's to be honest I don't think I don't think we've ever had, we might have I don't think we've ever really touched on on sort of like this Manchurian candidate type stuff before because it's it's in, not really no because it's it's like you know you you never you know usually you hear presumably if you hear about abduction experiences it's from someone who remembers right so it's like how many of these experiences have gone unremembered. Yeah. And how much uh, information are we missing? 
and it's it's unfortunate that a lot of it's anecdotal um, because I mean how else are we going to get the information unless we get our get our, ourselves into into yeah. a craft even then you know we still have confirmation bias and all that stuff going on um, but I, I do think it's interesting to hop into the cultural beliefs because I'm I'm genuinely curious about how that plays into the abduction experience uh, Bob would you like to start well. You know, culturally, I think it depends on uh, each individual culture and their their belief system. I know that sounds like a ridiculous thing, but you look at the you look at the Native Americans, and they were talking of, of uh, being visited by the Star People, and you you hear stories of that, and they just accepted it much differently than uh, than we do per se in. Uh, you take countries that are rich in little people, like uh, like Ireland and Scotland, and like that. The, the stories of the, the leprechauns. The, there, there's a there's a multitude of different types of little people that they talk about. You take somebody who experienced an abduction there may look at it totally differently than someone that experiences it here in uh, the United States or or Africa. So it depends on the, the individual belief system. Just like some people look at it as a, as a religious experience, uh, you know. It and sometimes that's what they have to do. They have to look at it a certain way to make themselves comfortable with it. Um. Yes. Okay. Uh, j- just uh, before we uh, run out of time here, um, we have a question from Ken in New Hampshire. Ben, if you would uh, sure. be the honest. So Ken writes to us. Uh, I just wanted to say I don't think it's up. I don't think it's a control issue as we would know it. Nor do I believe it's a sign of dominance. So if it's not control or dominance, what does that leave? Hopefully your guests can give us some insight. Uh, uh, Jimmy, want to tackle that one? <laughs> that more of an uh, observation. Yeah, I mean, I I, I don't. Know. I've always looked at it. As a control, as you know, they they they're in the driver's seat, and we're just the passenger. And you know, it's not like we're going to call them up and say, "Hey, listen, I got nothing to do. Why don't you come and pick me up, and we'll go for a ride?" <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah. No, Bob, you can't talk about that time. You 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 tried that, didn't you? <laughs> <laughs> well, we, I, I got reprimanded. <laughs> we we can get into that if you wish, but uh, we don't want to run out of time here without giving you a chance to talk about uh, where where you can get the book, uh, where people can find out more about you, and uh, what you're working on next. Uh, well, the book can be gotten at Amazon or Schiffer Books, uh, Barnes and Noble. I'm not sure about many of the the smaller bookstores or how many more there might be uh mostly online you're probably cheaper to go through the uh the the internet and like amazon uh although Shepherd might not like that but it is cheaper oh very good Bob, and, bob's uh, holding it up now that's that's excellent okay oh, for those uh also, for those who are watching the, the cover <laughs> you notice the cover. We we have Bob's daughter to thank for 
the design of the cover. Oh, really? It's brilliant. It is actually Bob, really well done. Yeah. Then got together to do that. Wow. Fantastic job. Uh, if yeah, you just have to look for it. It's not yeah. that hard to find. Well, shippers, as I said, we have the same publisher. They're, they're pretty good about getting the books into the stores. So. Um, yeah, are there websites uh, that you have yourselves that people could go to? Unfortunately, no. We don't have one. Uh, I keep playing with the idea of doing it because I've got, as you mentioned earlier, a previous book. I've got another one that's getting ready to go uh, out for uh, for review. And well, What's uh, that one? That one is going to be similar to the first one, the UFOs Above the Law. Oh, yeah. We this had you on the show called, one time about that, yeah. Yep. This one is, is basically the same thing, but different reports, and it's going to be called uh, Police Files, UFO, no, Police UFO Files. Cool. All right. So. Okay, great. Hey, Bob right. has got some ideas he's working on, too. Go for it, Bob. Yeah, I've, I've got a couple of ideas. Uh, a woman that I've worked with for a while, she's uh, she's had UFO experiences uh, her whole life, and uh, she's interested in working with me to get her story out there. Uh, Great. It's, uh, okay. it's it's something uh, that she's always wanted to do, so that's the, that's something I'm working on. And the other thing is to the the relationships between. Uh, mental specialities, uh, psychic abilities, if you will, and the abduction phenomenon. Fascinating. What we wanted to get into as well are the changing technologies, apparently, of whatever's doing this. Uh, there, are, there are opinions that the military is responsible for some abductions. Uh, is it necessarily people from other planets? Could it be people from parallel worlds? Could it be our own descendants, our own ancestors? I mean, these are questions that we would need hours to discuss, and hopefully we'll do so on another show very soon. Uh, but as far as the changing technology, uh, a good friend of ours, and I'm sure of yours too, uh, Ted Phillips, the, the late Ted Phillips from Missouri, had a tremendous collection, probably the greatest in the world, of evidence of physical landings by alien craft. But even he, toward the end, was saying that uh, it, it seemed to be less nuts and bolts and maybe their technology was changing to the point where we got balls of light now, many of which he thought were probes, that sort of thing. Um, have, with the technology changing, if that was happening, on the part of whatever's doing this, have you seen the nature of abductions change as far as what the goals seem to be, the kinds of people abducted, etc.? cetera? Um, Jim, you want to start? Well, I, I haven't noticed anything different uh I haven't been really as active in the investigation lately, doing mostly research and writing, uh, although I'm still an investigator for MUFON. Uh, but I, I don't think that there's been much, much difference. Nothing that I've heard is any more advanced or they're, they're still taking people the same way still doing the same things, you would think that over the last 50, 60 years or uh, whatever it's been, 
They've probably been doing it for hundreds of years. They're still doing it the same way. They're still taking people, examining them. Then they haven't learned a lot from what they've done in the past. They've got some reason, some agenda that they're working on. They haven't told me about it yet. Okay. Uh, Bob, thoughts on that? Well, the technology may have changed for them in their methods, but we probably don't have the ability to notice. Hmm. Um, you know, you were you were talking about Ted Phillips and the fact that uh, you know some of the some of the stuff didn't seem to be nuts and bolts as much as it did almost. Uh, you didn't say etheric, but uh, you, you take the uh, you take the experience that someone has of being taken through the wall of their house through the solid wall or through a window or through the ceiling. I'm sure you've heard those oh, yeah. stories or people that abducted from a car and they were taken out through the windshield, which seems like an awful odd thing when the door of the car does open up. <laughs> um, but the, the fact is they have the technology, however it's done, to allow your physical mass to be taken through uh, supposedly a solid object. And that may have developed to where it, it works better than it used to. I know uh, years ago I was comparing notes. I, I had someone who, was who when they were abducted, they were taken out of their bed uh, down the hallway and into the shower, and they were taken out through the wall of the shower. And I thought, that's the most bizarre thing I've ever heard. And I started talking around to various other researchers, and Dave Jacobs uh, said, you know, I had one of those, too. That was taken. David Jacobs had that experience. Doctor David no, Jacobs. He, no, no, no. He didn't have that experience. Oh, he had a case. People. He worked with it. He had oh, a case. Oh, I'm sorry. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> no, no, no. Dave wasn't taken. Oh, good. Uh, and you know, I I was talking to uh, another uh, investigator, um, Dan Wright, and uh, you know, telling him what I had found and that Dave Jacobs had one. He goes, I had one of those too. It was the most bizarre thing. What's what's uh, what's a shower wall have that uh, other walls don't have that would cause you to t- be taken out through that wall? Water pipes, very center of activity in a lot of poltergeist and uh, other kinds of paranormal cases. And the lack of electrical wiring. Right. Apparently, apparently, that's why people are taken out through windshields, through windows, through doors. Mm-hmm through certain parts of the wall or ceiling, those areas are always devoid of wiring in that particular area. And that's why they take you out there. Apparently wiring, electrical wiring, screws up the process. Huh. I know there was at least one case where someone was told as they were going through the wall not to touch the wires. Well, that's good advice in any case anyway. But yeah, whatever you do. Yeah. Don't, no, don't that, that, that's I, I, I had never heard that point of view before. No, me either. Yeah. Well, well, gentlemen, I'm afraid we're just about out of time, but tremendous conversation. We'll be in touch off the air because we're going to do this again. But, um, again, uh, the, the name of the book is Alien Abduction, The Control Factor, and our great authors here, uh, Jim Bauck and Bob Long. Thank you so much. And there there we go. There's okay. the book. Anybody who's uh, watching on the video, <laughs> you can see there's uh, uh, Bob holding up that great cover. And congratulations to your daughter. Great job. Thank you. So, thank you, fellas. We'll talk to you soon. Yes. Okay, let's move on. Hey, it's, hey, you're always welcome on the show, gentlemen. 
Very good. We'll get to our announcements here, Ben, if you would yes, do, do we, the honors there. We always have a plethora of announcements. Uh, so our fifth annual, uh, or well, our fifth, I shouldn't say annual, I guess our, our fifth neighborhood meeting in what we refer to as the uh, Pennsylvania Triangle or the Dubois Triangle uh, will take place via Zoom on Saturday, May 8th at 3 p.m. There will be a brief presentation by us and by our colleagues who are in the group investigating uh, this case since 2016. Also, there will be uh, guest appearances by two local cryptid experts. Uh, it's uh, free, but there will be a chance to donate to a specific charity. Uh, we would like to limit the participation in this uh, to people who live in Clearfield County, or at least in Pennsylvania. Uh, but if you have a special interest or feel you have something to contribute to the discussion of this flap area case, please contact my dad at paul at behindtheparanormal.com. And we continue working dutifully on our new book, Behind the Paranormal, Three Uneasy Skies. Also contributing will be the, some, some of our, our colleagues, including uh, Valerie LaFasso and hopefully Shane Searway. Uh, the book will also contain the best of our interviews over the years with the greatest researchers in the UFO field. And I don't know if uh, Bob and Jim know it, but uh, we're going to try to get them in there too, uh, this interview, as well as some of our own experiences. Look for the book release late. Uh, this year or early next year. And you can check out our current books along with those of our other co-hosts at our show website, BehindTheParanormal.com, where you can also find out more about the show, our many cases over the years, our public appearances, and how to book us, along with some of our 900-plus free recorded shows from our 12-plus years on the air, including our four-and-a-half-year run on CBS Radio, along with special shows and podcasts. And we reloaded a lot of these shows uh, onto the uh, BehindTheParanormal.com site back to 2009, and we're working on 2008. And uh, also the uh, recordings are available on uh, YouTube, iTunes, Apple Podcasts, and all the rest of the great stuff out there in the net. So we're easy easy to find, and we're coming up on our 900th official show in June. Yeah, time flies, huh? When you're having fun. Yes. Yeah, we've had a lot more shows than that, but it is what it is. Okay, Ben, <laughs> what do we have uh, in the fridge for next week? So, uh, heating up in the in the oven, uh, which is, is not much. Um, next week, May 2nd, is uh, Orthodox Easter, so we are taking the day off. Uh, the show will be a rebroadcast of our January 10th show, The Amazing Number 41 with Dave Kane. Uh, we'll be back live on May 9th. That, uh, with the, uh, first of two back-to-back open line shows, and also will bring a, uh, great guest co-host, that is Shane Searway. Okay, I don't think we have time for our quote this week, but, um, yeah, I had a romantic one in honor of Ben's fifth wedding anniversary. Uh-huh. Congratulations to you and Marion. Thank you. Anyway, I'm Paul Eno. And I'm Ben Eno. And thanks for joining us on our great cosmic journey, and we shall see you next time on Behind the Paranormal. Return to this radio frequency 167 hours from now for another edition of Behind the Paranormal with Paul and Ben Eno.